Welcome to the Shattered Order Podcast with your host, Goodnight Punk and Windkiller Inc. This week, we head back to Scarif and get the sand between our toes, get a small update on ships, go over some helpful tips for new players, and mod a few more characters. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shattered Order Podcast. This is the 21st episode, and I am your host, Goodnight Punk. With me, as always, is my good friend, Wink. What's up, Wink? Oh, not a whole hell of a lot. What are you up to? Ah, just had to pry myself away from the uh, PvP tournament since it takes so much damn time. I thought maybe we'd do a podcast and get flip it in there between attempts. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, the only problem is you may have to do a couple battles while we're in the middle of the podcast. Make sure you don't fall down too far. Yeah, if uh, I'm sure I'll be out of that top 50 by the time we're done here. More than likely. <laughs> but we got some fun stuff going on right now. Some not-so-fun stuff that started days ago. And we're still banging our head against the wall with it. Lots of kind of stuff like that going on. But before we get into all that, I want to make mention that we have a new Twitter account for the podcast. And that is at Shattered Order. And we hope to be interacting with you guys on there. Get some community feedback on our polls we put up there. Just to kind of see what everyone thinks about things and just to have fun. So if you have a Twitter, go ahead and follow us shattered order. And now that that, uh, self promotions out of the way, we got some other stuff. What do we got? Well, there were some updates, not big updates, more of, um, well, yeah, not really big updates yet, but there was a little addition to the posts from last week regarding the ships. Um, Basically, just like a clarification type thing. I'll go ahead and read it. One point we wanted to clarify is that during the tutorial steps and events for ships, players will be given a certain number of shards of fleet commanders and blueprints for their capital ships, as well as shards for crew members and blueprints for their ships. This should be enough to get players... God, I screwed that up. (laughs) <laughs> this, sh- this should be enough to get players at the eligible player level, planned currently to be 60, to participate in fleet combat. However, the stronger your fleet commanders are, the more effective they will be in battle. Pretty interesting there. Yeah. It's pretty nice that uh, my favorite thing there is we don't have to farm for a month to get them actually going. Yeah, so that, that would have nice. been very irritating. They're like, here's ships. We'll s- tell us how you like them in a month. Yeah. So, pretty cool. The uh, certain number of shards for fleet commanders kind of stuck out to me. I'm kind of wondering. They only had said they had the three to start, which were Akbar, Tarkin, and Mace Windu. So, I'm kind of curious. Does that mean... I mean... It, I'd assume in order to use a fleet commander, you would have to have the character unlocked. So if you don't have any of those three, they're going to have to unlock a character for you, right? Uh, I don't know. Um, not necessarily. I mean, it could be like, hey, you have to have one of these characters before you can do this or whatever. Uh, 
And I kind of think at, you know, by level 60, you would think somebody would have at least one of those characters, but who knows? Yeah. Well, my thought is, and this is kind of going off something that happened maybe three or four months after the game was out. And this would actually make sense in this case to help them not have to give out so many shards. But back in the day on their Twitter account, if you logged in, you got some code, you put in your your gamer ID or whatever, and it would give you a two-star Lando. And Lando unlocks at 80 shards, right? Four-star? Yep. So it was kind of weird, like literally right now, and everyone will make fun of me for this because I still have not farmed Lando. Mine is sitting at like level 50 two-star. So I have a Lando that anyone else playing now could never get. Because two-star Landos don't exist. You know what I'm saying? But that's something they could do is to get you into Fleet Command, give you a two-star of those characters, you know? Yeah, that's Because it's point. obviously possible. So that was my first thought. Maybe it won't be a four-star because all of them unlock at four-star. Maybe they'll just give everyone a two-star or something. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I, I don't find that likely, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. Well, we're all about possible here, usually not the likely, so <laughs> we'll throw fair. it out anyway. But let's see. The the mo- One of the more important things there is the stronger your fleet commander is, the more effective they are in battle. So odds are it's not some kind of special character. It is the ones that we already have, and it appears that if you have a Gear 9, Akbar, even maxed gear of any of those three tunes, that's going to help you out in your battles to be more powerful. So all the gearing you do on the tune will actually affect the battle too. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I know we talked about last week thinking maybe the gear and those things didn't matter, just having them there and gearing the ship was what gave you power, but apparently... Gearing up the characters and the pilots also give you power in those things. So that'll yeah. be interesting. It'll be cool to see exactly how they implement that, you know, if it does you know, all add up. So we'll see. But I, I do like that this will kind of allow you to use some of those characters to that maybe you're already using an arena or whatever. You you now know that there's a multi-purpose use for them. If you decide to throw some of that rare gear on them or something along those lines, you won't feel like it's, you know, necessarily being wasted because you'd still be able to use them in this. Yeah, definitely. Cause for me, I don't, I have Akbar and I have him pretty well geared, so I would use him, but I really want to use Tarkin for some reason. And it gives, I haven't had a reason really to gear or level Tarkin, but this actually, even if I don't use him in arena, I'll have a reason to do it, you know? Yeah. And then I'll have him for the mod challenges when I attempt them and everything else. So, I mean, there are reasons to gear these guys now. So that's cool. For sure. It looks like the shard equivalent for ships is something called blueprints. Yeah. going to be farming blueprints soon instead of shards so that'll be interesting yep that's a seems like a logical way to do it yeah i'd assume it'll probably look like the light and dark side battles where you can get some mobility mats and some blueprints or something like that you know 
something else I could see him doing. So, like, uh, on the blueprints, well, okay, so, say, like, on shards, you know, four-star, five-star, you know, whatever. Um, on ships, I could totally see them doing that, but, like, you know, each stage is, like, maybe a new gun or, a, you know, a more advanced engine or something along those lines gearing them up. Uh, yeah. As you kind of progress up, I think that'd be pretty cool. But Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. A lot of unknown and a lot of cool stuff can come into this, and I'm pretty excited for it. Yep, me too. Super excited. Ships are always fun. Yeah, definitely. Some of the best Star Wars games, in my opinion, were the flying ones. So I know this won't be flying, but agree. a lot of the Star Wars ships are really cool. So Yeah. That, this is going to make me want to uh, finish or, well, I guess, kind of start on Wedge and maybe even get Han Solo going that way. When I get that Millennium Falcon, I'll be good to go. Yeah. Throw your Ray in there with him. Ah, yeah, good idea. <laughs> the uh, big thing this week is the PvP tournament is back and active today. So that means we all have no time. Well, those of us that are trying to do something in it have no time. That's very true. Agreed. Yeah. I've spent uh, a little bit of time on that today. Uh, I, I do like that this is that you can actually do more battles and stuff. You can kind of enjoy the tournament a little bit more. This, I, I mean, I guess I'm already diving into it, but. Uh, We'll go over the changes and then give our thoughts. How about that? That works. All right. Because I'm sure we got plenty of thoughts. Oh, yes. So well, the, in yeah. in this it, version of the tournament, <laughs> rather than doing crystals for refreshes, which was kind of frustrating because it was basically just kind of buying your way to the wins, uh, they finally made a good use for the ally coins. So the ally coins, they started... 100 on refreshes and then go to 250, 500, 1,000. And you get a good amount on each of those. Yeah, I'd you say do. Five of each of them yeah. before it moves to the next one. It's, it's, a good, it's a good deal, in my opinion. I thought it was going to be like way higher for the prices for these refreshes than what they are. Because when they gave us 5,000, I was thinking, okay, these 5,000 are going to be one refresh or maybe two refreshes for a whole team. But it turns out that 5,000 gets you a lot of refreshes. So it works out pretty well. Oh, yes, it definitely does. No question. And when you throw in the other change, that's not PvP tournament directly, but they added ally coins into the Guild Warship, their Galactic War shipments. That, if you have any type of buildup of coinage in Galactic War, you're set for the tournament. Like, you get a lot of uh, ally coins in there and that's a lot of refreshes oh yeah for sure and that's something i'm probably going to start doing is actually just save my galactic war currency to buy those ally coins for the tournaments when they come up because i'm already done farming everybody there so no need and converting shards for grievous or whatever because let's be honest i'll probably never get there Well, that's a little off topic here, but uh, I'm pretty sure that someone's going to be dropped into shipments after the tournament, right after we all spin all our coins, <laughs> trying to get short, short trooper. Yeah, probably. But whatever. 
It's all good. If, if someone goes in there, I will farm them. doesn't matter if zero coins or the 25K or whatever. So, yeah. Good point. So another change that they made this time was the way that the defensive squads work. You set your defensive squad at the beginning of the tournament. That's it. Well, maybe. Kind of. <laughs> I've heard reports that apparently, and you can reach the defense squad uh, page on the uh, tournament. Supposedly, and I haven't tried this because why would I? I'm not changing my team. But supposedly you can change it once for 5,000 ally coins. I don't know why that would be a thing or why that was left in there, but that supposedly you can. So if you don't like your team, try it and let us know if that works. I don't know. but Well, I, I just tried it, so we have live confirmation that, no, you are stuck with that team for the entire tournament. Well, I just wasted all of our time. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. Well, at least you did it quick, so <laughs> maybe it was like 30 seconds of our time. Yeah. Another oh. change <laughs> originally said... <laughs> final shore trooper pvp tournament so the original announcement that they were doing the tournament again said it was the final one and a lot of people took that as the final shore trooper tournament some people even took it as the final pvp tournament at all but it was quickly taken out so final is no longer in the announcement at all so odds are there'll be another one for shore trooper or they just took that out to say there will be other PvP tournaments. Maybe not Short Trooper, but they're still coming. I don't know. Well, that, that was just something they that said. Was something they said before was that you know it may not always be Short Trooper as the reward for the PvP tournaments. That it could actually be you know different characters, and that this would be a way that they could you know give opportunities to get characters. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't surprised when I saw it was the final shore trooper tournament i was like okay so this will be the last one for him and then he'll go into either chromiums or erodium or something somewhere where the people that have him at seven star will get a little bit more time with him before people can farm him but maybe not so yeah that's possible i i mean i kind of think that that may be what they do because they may have kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit and maybe the next pvp tournament will be a different character and then at some point in the future, they do something different with Shore Trooper. I kind of like this as a way to get character shards, though. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and I didn't do too terrible on my last one. I think I was in the 300 range, cause just because I was not... I used a lot of crystals in the first day and then realized I was never going to get in the top 100, so I kind of stopped. But I got in the 300s, I got 20 shards, and all I really need is to get up into somewhere in the top 100. I can't remember the exact place right now, but to unlock him. So that doesn't seem too bad. Two tournaments to unlock him. And as far as we all know and have seen for the last month, he's viable right when you get him. So yep, for sure. That's really not too bad for him. I can't, I'm going to willing to bet that not every character is going to be viable at three stars like this. Like, Damage dealers, probably not going to be the same type of deal. Yeah. But a tank, when you're able to get him geared up and give him all that health and stuff, it works out pretty well for him. But, like, let's say it was someone like a Ray or a 
Wedge, I don't think they'll be as viable at three stars. But also, I mean, Short Trooper's good because of his unique where he automatically taunts at the beginning. I mean, that's that's the main value that you're getting out of Short Trooper. So even if he doesn't which do much after that, be, it's still good. Which would still be good at three stars if he had no health because he'd still take that initial onslaught, right? Exactly. But it would probably wouldn't be... Like let's say with the Wigs team, it probably wouldn't be the uh, the assist uh, special, right? They just use a yeah. basic till he's dead, and then save that for the next round. But at least the way he is now, three stars with so much health, they have to do that to get around him, you know. So, yeah. Uh, something I thought that would be interesting if they did introduce another character into the PvP tournament rewards. Would be if they gave you an option to either do the Shore Trooper tournament or like the other character tournament. Choose that, your rewards. Yeah. But everyone fights in the same tournament. Uh, well, like how right now they have, you know, different servers based on what time you get in, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But like. You know, if they just had different options of ones to get in, then everyone that gets in within, you know, until that one fills up or whatever. Yeah. If that makes, makes sense. any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Make you pick which one you want to go into. Yeah, exactly. Um, something else was there was some information out there that you can't attack the same team more than one time. Was that official or where did that come from? That was in the notes for the tournament okay. on the uh, forums. I can't remember the exact wording. Let me look it up, but that's what they said. I I was a little behind the eight ball on that one. I was late to the party <laughs> on figuring that out. but Yeah. Well, here, let's see. To further minimize a group of players attacking each other's squads for an easy win, any opponent that the player has earned points from will not appear in matchmaking for a period of time. Okay, so... Who knows what the period of time is, but the, you won't see them for a while. Okay, cool. So, so maybe tomorrow, once I've refreshed, I won't have all Wigs teams to fight again. Maybe you'll be able to find me crap. since I don't run Wigs. Yeah. All I got is Wigs, uh, Landos, and droids right now. And all I'm going after is droids. Yeah. Because holy crap, some of those other guys... My team does not hold well against them. They're deadly. Yeah. Um, all right, another thing that they kind of changed was the points. Um, they kind of scale based on the difficulty of the opponent. So you have the three options down there of guys that you can attack. And like the more difficult one offers more points. The least difficult offers a little bit less and then somewhere in the middle for the somewhere in the middle teams. I think and that I cannot for the life of me figure out how they do those points because some of them are just so obtuse. It makes no sense to me. I, I think they've done a pretty good job. Um, usually the I mean, ones with the higher it's just points weird. I want to avoid. So I don't know if maybe it's based on like your arena rank or if it's actually based on the power of the team or what it is. Yeah. I don't know. It is interesting, though. Yeah. I'd say now that where I'm at with all the teams that are not showing up for me right now, some of these other teams are not worth as much points. That's for sure. 
But God, that goes with the rank too. So, well, one thing we decided as a guild to do, not everyone, but a good chunk of people, I'd say probably 10 of us, decided to test this time thing. Because last uh, PvP tournament, I was getting off of work and I worked nights, so I went straight to sleep when I got home. And I didn't jump into the tournament till about 3 p.m. Pacific time. And I was on a very lax shard compared to most people. And that was really nice. And so what we wanted to do this time was test it out and see if it was based on what time you did it, where you were, what basically what made these shards tick, right? Yep. And so we all decided to jump in at 1 p.m. Pacific and see if we could all get on the same shard. And I think out of all of us that were doing that at that same time, pretty much every single one of us got on the same server. I think there was one person that didn't. Yep. So there's about 10 Shattered Order people on our shard, and it is pretty interesting. Pretty yep. fun to actually get to fight each other for once. Yeah, it's super fun. I haven't actually got to fight anyone from our guild yet, but... I've had a few people that did attack my team and thought it was pretty fun. So uh, I think that's super cool. I'd like to find somebody and just kind of see what their team's like. Yeah, definitely. I saw Mike Mitsu and uh, I did not attack him. <laughs> I'm like, this other guy looks a little easier. I'm going to leave you for later. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. But that was cool. So now we're at, we can see all the Shadow Order guys in the top 50 and kind of gauge where everyone's at and it's pretty fun that way doesn't yeah. i mean there's no advantage to doing it but it does make it extra fun in my opinion so i, I agree like it's a lot more fun like everybody being in the same one and kind of competing against each other a little bit even though you're not you're not competing against each other that heavily unless you're really going for those you know top 25 spots or top 10 spots or whatever but um yeah so i mean what do you think about the changes that they've made did it make the tournament better worse what do you think way better in my opinion 100 percent agree. now now the time sink is huge and that kind of gets rough for me with all <laughs> watching my kids all day and everything else but the I'll say this, I've fought more battles in one day, probably three times as many as I did last PvP tournament. Oh yeah, for sure. And what you just said about the time investment, like that's the thing I like about it is that's generally how games should work, is you put in a little bit more time, you're you typically get better and get better rewards and everything. So I think that's a little bit more in line with kind of, I guess, traditional games in that way, rather than the way the last one was, which, I mean, there was still a huge time sink in it, but it was all paid, basically. Yeah, this time it's worth, for me, it's worth it. Because I have the ally coins, I had a bunch saved up from donations to of gear to guild members and i was pretty much set up for this tournament and i'm using that to my full advantage and it's actually fun to 
fight some of these teams that I've never seen before, you know? Oh, yeah. Seems like every battle is, is fun to me. I know I'm sure a lot of people think it's getting monotonous, but and we'll see how I feel two days from now, but I'm having fun with it. Yeah. Like, I, we're going to finish, and I'm probably going to jump on again and do some more before I go to sleep, and it'll be fun. Yep. Totally agree. And the, for the people saying that, you know, it's just a different type of buying the top of the tournament, I think that was true before the Guild War or Galactic War shipments was impl- implemented. You know, because before, the only way you could get ally coins was buying refreshes and getting all those coins through there. But now, Galactic War, if you had tokens saved up, you don't, you didn't have to pay for any of that, right? So yeah. if you had them saved up over time, you were ready to rock, you know? And, and those aren't involving crystals or anything, so. And adding those coins is almost like adding a character in a way to Galactic War. I mean, use those coins to get refreshes, move up in the ranks, and plus, you know, you get the chance at the gear boxes and all that stuff too. So, I think uh, I think that was really good because that's something that people have been pushing for pretty heavily is to get something added to Galactic War shipments because so many people are done farming everyone there. I think this was a really, really good way to do it. <laughs> I uh, I agree with you to a point. It just seems really reaching. You're definitely able to get another character from Galactic War that way, but holy crap, it's going to cost you way more than just putting a character in there would, you know? Yeah, that's true, but you're also getting all the other stuff, so... Yeah, well, you're not only getting character shards, so that is true. Kind of like adding a little bit of raid gear in there. might cost a little more than other places, but... yeah. You're going to get good stuff out of, out of this PvE tournament. And no matter where you end up, it'll there are pretty good rewards in there. And so. regardless, this is way more fun than the last one was. Because last time with your crystals, you just had to decide, like, do I want to keep farming gear that I've been trying to get or what? At least now, it's not a decision. Like, you yeah. go in there and you spin your coins. Now it's more about just managing your tournament coins rather than how you want to spend your crystals. So that's... Yeah, definitely. You're getting the ally coins from spending crystals, but on top of that, you're still able to grind shards or gear or whatever to get them. So exactly. you're getting double dip there. And that helps us. It helps them. It kind of works out for everyone that way. Yep. So it was a good change. Sure. Definitely like this change. Agreed. So... We'll give our final thoughts once it ends next week, but uh, I have a feeling they won't change. So, Real quick, um, where are you currently ranked in the tournament? I am sitting at 68th currently with 2,918 points, and it is, well, 1230 Central Time, Friday morning. So, Everyone gets refreshed at the same time, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I'm at. When I stopped about two hours ago, I was 47th, but now I'm 103 with 2,709 points. So, not falling too fast, and I'm really not too terribly behind. Of course, the first and 
first through uh, first through sixth haven't asked ton of points, but yeah, everything That's else so is good. within reach. So it's I'm happy with it. Once the uh, refresh goes in, be climbing back up. Yep, look Agreed. at Scoob. Look at Scoob, seventeen, very nice. Everyone else will be climbing too after that refresh. That's okay. Uh, everything will be cheap, and I will be going hard <laughs> again. Yep, I hear you. <laughs> well, so. um, on to the next thing. Uh, so we decided to do the keep doing our segment for kind of newer characters, and it's not just for newer characters, I guess. But uh, this week we are going to rank the Cantina shipment characters. Oh, so you meant new players then? Yes. <laughs> I was like, new characters? Yeah. We're going to talk about new characters? Where'd you get this information? Hey, hey it's late. I'm half brain dead. If I say something wrong, just assume, you know, whatever. Tell me all about Jin Erso. Go. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's cool. You know, we've been playing so long, it's hard to think sometimes about people starting this game right now you know oh yeah for sure it's like holy moly that's a big grind and we got to where we are in almost a year now and yeah. if people are starting now it's really be really nice to get good information somewhere you know and so. hopefully we're that source and hopefully people agree with us because i really am curious where our rankings rank with other people's you know yeah me too and i mean even you and i disagree on s several characters so this isn't like last time we did rankings for arena i mean we there's gonna be a oh there's gonna be some fighting over these rankings i have a feeling look i when i filled mine out i watched you move one of your characters and i knew why <laughs> so yeah we'll so that'll be fun yeah I actually did based on something that you wrote down. Um, oh, I know you did. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, my number one what, was... Well, what are we doing first off? What do you mean? I don't, I don't know if we said that. These are the Cantina shipment characters, so we rank them first. Yes, I assumed I said that, but maybe I didn't. You probably did, and I just wasn't listening. I was focused on Jenner, so... Yeah. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> Can't blame you. Yeah. All right. So we both agree that the number one character to get from Cantina shipments is obviously Mob Enforcer. Duh. No, of course not. It's Qui-Gon. Um, now that we've changed that, someone who loves Mob Enforcer is going to be very upset. Probably. Yeah. If you were that one person, please out yourself. Or the cup shall rise again or whatever it is guy yeah. on uh, Reddit. <laughs> yes. Um, but Kai Ganjin, both agree here. Yep. I mean, he's fantastic for both raids. He's, he's good in arena. He's the best debuffer in the game, I think. Uh, well, besides Sunfalk. Uh, <laughs> yes. But Let's as far as as far as free, yeah, as far as free to play, Qui Gon's definitely the best. And the fact that he gives offense up, he has a super awesome special that doesn't assist. And both of his specials 
have super low cooldowns compared to most. I think one of them's only a one turn and the other is a two turn. So Yeah, they're they're real good. And he does pretty good damage. He's he's awesome. He's absolutely fantastic. Ten out of ten would recommend. I yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> think I agree. Well, uh, let's get into something. You can say you're second, then I'll tell everyone where I ranked him. (laughs) Actually, you say who your second is, and then I'll say my comment, and then you can say All right, fair enough. My second, you're going to be so surprised. Everybody in our guild's really going to be surprised, too. My number two is Poe. And my comment was, another one of the once-was characters... Kind of like Sidious. See, and that's where I disagree. I I know he is a once-was in a way. You know, back whenever he was the super meta in January and February, and he kind of made a little bit of a comeback when mods first came out, and I still think he's really good. Um, He's amazing for Arena. He's good as a leader because of, you know, everybody's going to have Ray, so... He gives the offense bonus to Ray. He does offense down. He can do the expose. He taunts. He's super fast. I just don't see how you can go wrong with Poe. Well, maybe I'm biased. I don't have him. And I never saw the real reason to grab him with my Stormtrooper Han and my other other tanks. Yeah. So... Maybe that's part of it, but part of it also was the once was part because I just don't see me throwing him in to any teams over some of these other guys that I ranked higher. Yeah, and it kind of depends on your team makeup and what you like to do. So, Well, back when I had no tanks, I farmed Chewbacca from Cantina Nodes rather than go after Poe. And if I had to go back and do it again, I would definitely take Poe over all that time I spent farming Chewbacca. So yeah, I think he's definitely a better tank than Chewbacca. So I still think he's great. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe the devs just need to make Poe great again. You're gonna start that momentum. <laughs> Make some hats. Maybe get Kinbone to uh, Ooh, that's a good pump idea. him on his Twitter account. Yeah, not a bad idea. Well, uh, now that we know you strongly disagree with my new number two, who's your number two? My number two is your number three, and that is Fives. And for the longest time, Fives was my favorite character in the game, but then he just kind of fell out of favor with me and arena and everything else just because he wasn't holding up the same way after mods but fives is a great counter he pretty much always counters if you have his basic if you have his basic omega he hits twice if they have slow huge health pull overall super annoying for people to fight against no disagreement and there if you, and if you give him enough potency which is kind of hard. He has speed down on his basic, and it is great. So yep. I think overall he's a great character, and I really totally like agree. And he calls in an assist on his basic, which can be really useful 
you know, depend depending on what your team is, but that can be a really good attack too. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, those those uh, assist guys are always wanted. Oh yeah, for sure. So, well, um, your number three is my number four. So, go yep, ahead, yep. And take that one. Uh, number three for me, old Daka. I don't have her, but I definitely rank her up high because she is super annoying. She's the only only dark side healer, like mainly being a healer, which is great. But she has so many other things that she can do that make her good, like her double stun basic move, her revive, her heal. So not to mention her unique that can revive people after they die. That gets really annoying. I just think she's really good overall. Yep. Uh, and she can be really helpful at the beginning of a new account, too, because mm-hmm. some of those dark side nodes, if you don't have old Daka, can be pretty punishing. And having her on your team to help you heal up as you go through them, if you want to get through them fast and not try to overlevel them, then she's really good to help you through those. I had Daka at 7th originally, and then I started reading your comments on her, and what your comment was, only dark side healer, and that alone is a reason to push her up to 4th on my list. You have to have a dark side healer. She's the only one, and or the only one that's that good, and... You know, she does yeah. the revive, and some of those dark side battles, I forget how hard they were to get through, uh, especially on a new account when you don't have a deep roster, because usually starting out, you have a lot of light side characters and not so many dark side characters. So it's yeah. great to have somebody that can revive and heal those guys back up, especially when you're trying to three-star something. So I think that reason alone, she should be up there. Well, that that and, you know... For galactic warshipments, a lot of people say, you know, get Lumi because she's powerful. She hits pretty hard, and she's a healer, right, with one of the power, most powerful heals in the game. Yep. And you want her early because she can heal you to get you through those stages. And in the case of Darkseid, those are usually unlocked a little bit later, and they're a little bit harder in spots. So having a healer on those is really helpful when you're new. Oh, yeah. So if you decide you don't want to go after her for that, at least try to find someone that uses her as an ally because that can be a huge help too. Yeah, that's how I got through a lot of those was allies. Yeah. So. Well, um, we are pretty similar in the rest of our list other than you having... Poe insanely low for some strange reason. Uh, but Yeah, ne- we hit a chunk of people right here that are kind of... They're good farms, but you really need to farm them with other people well, to make them good. And I think these the next three characters especially, you can really kind of farm in any order. They're almost, you know, like, you know, A, B, and C. Because it kind of depends on who else you've been farming, and what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. for me, that list goes Scavenger, Jawa Scavenger, Ahsoka Tana, and Hoth Rebel Scout. I think those three can be 
changed around a little bit. So if you're working on the AAT challenge or the, the raid, Java Scavenger is going to be your guy. If you're working on Jedi or a Jedi team, Ahsoka's great. Um, spe- especially if you're doing like Anakin. I mean, she's obviously good with Anakin now. And Hoth Rebel yeah, Scout is fantastic for Galactic War. He is... He... I cannot state enough how awesome he is in Galactic War. So... Yeah, he's great. I like him a lot. Those three are kind of tied for me. Yep. Makes sense. I'd say if you weren't farming Jawas or Jedis or Anakin specifically, I'd put Hoth Rebel Scout above the other two. But... Depending on what you're going for, that's you can interchange any of them there. Yep. So, I think we have the rest of them about the same. Just kind of well, except for one in mine, because after this I have Boba Fett, which he's not terrible. He's not great. Supposedly going to get a rework. Yeah. God knows when that'll be. But he is a scoundrel, and he's the only scoundrel in Cantina shipments. So, or sorry, I take that back. We can count Mob Enforcer. But really, are you going to pick Mob Enforcer over Boba Fett? I don't think so. So, <laughs> if you need a scoundrel from shipments, he's a good one to go after. And I've been doing that on my B account with him because I was focused on other things in other areas, but I didn't have anything I was going after in shipments. And he became the guy to try to help me get my credit heist and droid uh farming so he's definitely a good he's a decent scoundrel that you can get out of there he's surprisingly good too i think people underrate him i mean is he amazing no but he has an aoe ability block i think it's 80 percent chance he has a really good leader ability with omegas you know it's uh 50 percent crit damage with 10 percent crit chance so he's one of those guys that with mods you can kind of build a team around and make him really useful. Uh, those of you that have been listening for a while know that I had him on my arena team there for a while, and he was awesome. I mean, he he really helps characters put out a lot of damage. So um, Yeah, definitely. 40% crit damage is nothing to sneeze at. 50. Well, even better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's... He can be really good in the right situation, but, you know, he just don't have quite the overall utility that everyone above him does. Well, yeah. other than Poe for Dan. Yeah, I was going to say, that's where the end of the list is for us. Right under Boba, I have Poe, another one of the Once Was characters. We talked about that already, but the last five, we have the same order. First Order Officer. Probably only going to get him to do mod challenges because he, he's needed for a First Order team for those mod challenges. Stormtrooper, I know that he can be a decent take in a full Empire team, but that's a lot of gear, and you're running a full Empire team, which is not optimal at the moment. They can be and might be eventually, but not right now. Yep. Jedi Knight Guardian, there's been talk of her being decent in this raid with her basic and what it does but overall not enough data to make her worth mentioning mob enforcer same thing unless you've got all of them unlocked i wouldn't even touch her totally agree plus that hat she's wearing is just terrible it is it's really bad hat she looks like the dude from christmas story you know the one with the beanie with the ball on the top oh yeah oh it's terrible 
Anyways, don't go after Mob Enforcer. If you didn't hear anything else, don't go after Mob Enforcer. Just to be clear, do not go after Mob Enforcer. If if you could somehow get Jerry shards above her in there, you would you would do that. Exactly. So, but another thing to go with that that's kind of important and almost more important than Cantina shipments because they take longer. They're the longest shipment character unlock in the game, in my opinion. Besides maybe Gilda shipments, but the first thing you're going to get is that stage one unlocked. And there's, let's see, six characters on there, seven, that you can go after. So you're going to want to pick the one that you are using all your Cantina energy on carefully. So, But there are a lot of good ones in there. So let's, let's quickly go over those. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. but And this is stage it, one of Cantina. Yeah, stage one Cantina battles. How are you going to earn that currency to buy all those other characters we just talked about? But... You got Lando. That's my obvious number one. Followed by one B, Geonosian Soldier. And I think it really boils down to what you're trying to get out of them. Single target DPS, Geonosian Soldier. AoE, no hands down Lando. Now the thing that separates them, in my opinion, is the fact that Lando is a scoundrel and a rebel. So he can pretty much fill... Tons of roles from you from the get go. You're trying like if I went back and I made a new account, one of the first things I would do is is go after scoundrels because I know I'm going to need them for those heists eventually, and those become really important the higher level you are. And being able to get them done earlier as opposed to later definitely can help you out. Oh yeah, and that- Lando, he's a scoundrel, so he's definitely going to help you with that. Making those credit heists as easy as possible, as early as possible, hard to go wrong. Big advantage, and Lando just makes all of that insanely easy. Those AoEs that he drops are pretty amazing for that, and my list basically goes same. It's Lando, then Geonosian and Soldier. Um, Lando, if, if, Landro, if Lando wasn't a scoundrel, it would be 1A and 1B for me, but the fact that he is a scoundrel just makes him 1 and Geonosian and Soldier 2. Um, Juno's a soldier yeah. is still great, um, especially for a Rancor raid. I use him like crazy. Uh, he's always on oh, my yeah. team because he calls in that assist pretty often, which can, you know, get Tebow or Qui-Gon in there or even Ray to do damage or remove turn meters. So, um, yeah, plus, definitely worth it. Plus, when he gets critical hit, he has only half turn meter that he needs to go through. So he is pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like him a lot. I think we're about to get, in some, get into some more disagreements. Well, maybe not. Aww. I mean, you have them there. I just don't think there's enough information about them yet. But your third was Scarf Rebel Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Mine is off the list because I just don't feel like I know whether I want him at seven stars yet over any of these other guys. So, odds are you probably want him over Luke, Chewie, and Talia, but I don't know. All right, let me make my argument for Pathfinder. Do it, because I don't see a downside, but I want to know what those upsides are. 
his health pool is over 60,000. There are very few characters that are pretty easy to get that can have that much health. I mean, we're talking about a eight energy cantina battle. So he's an early tank that you can get that is awesome. He has an AOE that does offense down for three turns, which That's- offense down is huge. I think it's way underrated. I don't think people pay near enough attention to it. I mean, if you throw offense down on Ray, it's like a wet noodle being thrown against concrete. It basically does nothing. Well, and, yeah, double it double hurts her. Yeah, it's perfect because of her unique. And then mm-hmm. yeah, it's and then um, on his basic, he gives fifteen percent turn meter to everyone. It's not like a percent chance like um, Hoth Rebel Scout. It's a guaranteed fifteen percent turn meter to everyone whenever he attacks. Plus, he has a revive. So, I just... I mean, I've got Luke. He's gear 9. He's, you know, like level 75, 7-star. I've had him forever. I've used him a lot. and He's never been that good. He's underwhelming. He's okay. He's useful in some situations, but... Pathfinder just has so much more utility, can be stuck in the more teams, the big health pool, and the AoE just... Here's where I wish he was available when I started my B account. I started my B account and I went straight after Rebels. But the the earliest Rebel you can get at Cantina then was Luke. So Luke was... I was farming Luke... I had a Leia for my first Chromium pack. I was farming Akbar, and I was farming Scarf, uh, not Scarf, Hoth Rebel Scout. And, yeah, that's how I was working my Rebel team from the very get-go. But it would have been really nice, instead of doing Luke, to have been able to do Scarf Rebel Pathfinder. And if I were going to give advice to someone wanting to start a rebel team from the very beginning, it would definitely be to go after him as opposed to Luke. So, so you kind of agree with my list more. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. I just, no one has him at seven star yet. So I, yeah, he definitely has the potential to be amazing, but and well, okay. Straight up ranking him versus Luke. With his potential, I still think he's better than Luke. So I agree with where you have him. Okay. So. I won. You win again. <laughs> you always do. Uh, <laughs> unlike my thunder. Well. That's yeah, beside that's... the point. So um, <laughs> let's go on to something more exciting. Uh, so next You is... say that. <laughs> Chewy. Yeah. Okay. I was better about to do Talia. a Chewy impression, but I, I'm not even going to try to do that. He is Baron Talia, and let's be honest. We all seen it again this week on Reddit. Chewy versus Chewy, the ultimate showdown that never ends. Because see, that's he the only great part about him and does no damage. <laughs> it's if you want to see your Chewy fight another Chewy for five minutes straight and lose your arena battle. <laughs> if you were to use them in arena, holy cow. Yeah, no kidding. We're not level 20s anymore. 
Yep, Chewie. That was the the fifth one, and then you got Talia. Talia is a night sister. No real big uses. She's a healer, but she sacrifices her own health to heal everyone else. So it kind of just is a wash and doesn't. Unless she has protection, you're setting yourself up to not three star something by using her. So, yep. That's why Daka's way better healer than she is. Agreed. So. And I think Daka's a better attacker too because of the stuns. Um, Talia yeah, does decent damage, but the stuns from Daka are annoying. Yeah, they are. So annoying. It's like a team with Daka and Royal Guard on it are just nightmares. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hate that. But. Well, um, we're bringing back everyone's favorite segment again. Uh, yeah, dude. Got some cool ideas with a couple characters here. So Hell, yeah, we do. So we're going to talk about modding some specific characters and, well, um, they're both basically for the raid. That was kind of the theme for this week was the AAT raid. And so we're going to talk about two characters, Jawa Scavenger and Barisofi, uh, talk about how to mod them up and, um best way to use them hopefully and maybe yeah, definitely if you guys maybe, have any uh, other spread ideas some light on something you've never seen but heard about or yeah hopefully see if it can help anyone and if y'all have other ideas maybe y'all can shoot them to us and uh you know give us more stuff to think about too so we'll start with java scavenger obviously he's really only good on a java heavy team like I'm not going to use them unless there are at least three other Jawas on the team. Doesn't have to be all Jawas. Like, team I've been using is an IG-88 lead with all the Jawas besides Dacha. But, um, so the big thing with Jawa Scavenger actually has two really big things that make him pretty awesome. His basic against droids has 100% chance of inflicting offense down. So that's obviously great against, um, well, anything in the AAT raid. Yep, definitely, since they shoot so damn much. Yeah, exactly. And uh, (laughs) especially that big guy with that AOE. Yeah, he's great against him. And Mm -hmm. so something that most people, I'm not sure if they don't realize or what the deal is, but something we've... I've seen questions about on Reddit and stuff before is the thermal detonators. Those are actually a debuff, even though they are kind of an attack. They, mm-hmm. They're an attack that works like a debuff. It's, it's more like a damage overtime effect, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's why you see Jawa Engineers basic attack resisted. Yep. Because you need to be able to stick it there. All right, so here's some trivia. How do you make sure that um, a debuff doesn't get resisted? Offense up. Nailed it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Potency. Exactly. So that, I think, is the biggest thing with Jawa Scavenger. Because uh, of his unique ability with Omegas, it has a 50% chance of throwing a thermal detonator on a character when they damage another Jawa. 
So if somebody does an AOE against four Jawas, Jawa Scavenger has a 50% chance, you know, of... To drop bombs. To drop bombs for each person that <laughs> gets damaged. So he actually could drop four thermal detonators or zero, but usually it's going to be in, you know, that two range. So you want to make sure those stick when... The opportunity's given. He already has 30% potency as a base, which is not too bad. That's a max Java Scavenger, obviously. And uh, the potency plus sign, I think, is an absolute must if you don't have that on him. What are you doing? Fix it. Yeah, now. because... Seriously, stop the podcast and fix it. Yeah. If you're not aware, those bombs on in the tank raid are huge damage. Like... If you're getting every one of them to stick, or at least attempting to by having high potency, and every time they do AOEs against your Jawa team, you should be getting bombs on everyone attacking them. And you're going to get into a special ability, but that's where a lot of damage from these Jawa teams comes from, is these bombs. Yep. And you want them to stick. Uh. I think it was a run I had today or yesterday in phase... Uh, I think it was... Yeah, yeah, it was phase three um, against that B2 bomber thing. It mm-hmm. had like six thermal detonators on it, and I used Java Scavenger's special, which I'll explain in a second, and it did like half a percent damage by blowing all those up. It was awesome. Yes, I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. It is it is pretty awesome. <laughs> so Java Scavenger, his special is actually an AoE, but that AoE also detonates all thermal detonators that are on any enemies. So you can use that as a good way to take out all of the guns on the AAT droid if you put thermal detonators on all of them and then you know <laughs> blow them up i i need to get a <laughs> explosion sound drop to use in this because that would just make my life better um i don't know but, it sounded like you're clearing your throat was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough um, <laughs> now i'm clearing mine so that special uh the actual description for it is deal physical damage to all enemies and immediately detonate all thermal detonators with a 50 percent chance each to inflict defense down healing immunity and tenacity down for two turns on the detonated targets. So not only are you, you know, making those detonators explode, you're putting some debuffs down. Um, like defense down is going to be huge to get on most most of the things in the AAT raid. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, uh, potency, absolutely crucial for this guy. Plus, you want to make sure that offensive offense down sticks. The, mm-hmm. ne- the next thing is uh, you want to create a big health pool for him. Uh, it's, you want him to last as long as any of your other Jawas since he's the guy that puts the thermal detonators on the enemy when they attack. This is kind of an issue I've been having recently, and I've had to make him a little bit tankier. So I think he's only gear 8. I can take him to gear nine, but I'm not sure if it's worth it yet. Um, but yeah, he, the best part is he does his work in the shadows. Like he does, all he has to do is be hit, and he'll 
throw out bombs. So he does not need speed. Like, I mean, no, speed's speed's nice. Like if it's on secondary or something, but speed's not something you want to focus on. Scavenger survivability is key with this guy. You want him to last as long as possible. So defense and protection and health. So the health bonus mods great. What I would try to do is get the uh, protection primaries on your arrow, your triangle, and your circle. And then, you know, have your potency on the plus sign. And I think you'll be in a really good spot by doing that. Yeah, definitely. And the best part is doing that to him along with the fact that he stealths makes him last a lot longer than... Yes, that is true. He's not. So he does a good job of keeping himself there in the shadows and when he gets aoe he puts the bombs out yep when anyone else does as long as he's alive he does it for them too so it's just perfect to have him alive yep doesn't mean he has to be attacking but the fact that he's there makes that happen so well he attacks anytime any other jawa gets attacked so yes pretty much he's actually faster than you would think he is um (laughs) So, if you're not getting the potency or health bonuses from mods, another option to go is, or option to go with, is critical damage or offensive bonus. Those are good for obvious reasons. All those little thermal detonators he's thrown out, it just makes those more powerful, which is always a good thing. Um, But I wouldn't do that at the expense of potency or health. Yeah, you want to get those things for sure. Now, making the bombs more powerful by with secondaries or anything else where you're not needing specific stats, that would definitely help him. Yep. Because those sure. bombs are just everywhere. And when you blow them up, if they can all crit, you're doing massive damage. Yeah, for sure. So if you can't get the protection triangle... Go with the critical damage triangle on this guy. That way, yep. when they do make a big boom, it's a really, really big one. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's pretty much all the advice we have for the Jawa Scavenger. Sweet. Well, then I'll just move right into Barris. The forgotten character, also a once was... But I think she has a place in the new raid. I want to be clear on now, something real quick. When this game first came out, she was a monster. Yeah. She she still has the largest nerf that this game has ever seen. She was the strongest attacker with the most health, and she had that heal. She was insane when this game first came out. And there was a pack to buy her when you first started, wasn't there? Yes, there was. So a lot of people had her, too. I was tempted. Yeah, she was good. And it took me forever to get her, but I finally did. Another one of those cantina cantina farms that I did early on in the game. I'm not regretting it because she helped me through a lot of Galactic War back in the day, but back before protection, so... But she might be making a comeback in the raid, and I will tell you why. She still makes a great leader for Galactic War, but only, I'd say, once you guys your guys lose protection, 
if that happens, if you need to use her, because her uh, leader ability is really good for health and keeping people healed. But the reason I wanted to talk about her for this mod segment is her unique. Now, I know a lot of people haven't gone back and looked at her recently, but her unique is at the end of each of her turns, Barris has a 40% chance to dispel one negative status effect from each Jedi ally and gain 9% turn meter for each effect removed. Barris gains 9% turn meter whenever an ally is critically hit. So, this obviously applies to a full Jedi team. So, if you have a Jedi team in the raid, I think Barris is a must on the team. And the reason why is that unique? Because there are so many debuffs going out in this raid. The fact that at the end of every one of her turns, she has a chance to dispel one debuff from every character is huge. And then on top of that, for every one that she dispels, she gains 9% turn meter. So if she can dispel one off of everyone, she's already halfway back to going again and doing that again. Not to mention, anytime your guys are critically hit, she gains nine more 9% more turn meter. So she should be going a lot, which should give you a lot of chances to have those debuffs dispelled on your guys, which not only is a good thing for her getting a turn meter and getting to attack more, which is good for her because she hits like a wet noodle, but not only that, but it takes away debuffs from your guys. So, And some of those debuffs can be deadly, like really bad ones, yep. especially the uh, dazed. That one's terrible. But, yeah. So with that, it, it, she makes a good addition to a Jedi team because she can dispel, gain turn meter from it, and then do it again. It makes it a really good Jedi team asset. But with that, you want her to be up as much as possible to be able to do those things, right? Now, something I didn't think about for this unique, does she need potency to debuff? Debuff's just debuff, right? They're not based on potency. Correct. Uh, oh. Yes, removing negative status effects uh, just like you know, um, Admiral Akbar, it, potency, tenacity, now that matters. He just removes it. Okay, that's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure before I made these mods suggestions. But So because she can just debuff straight across the board with that unique, you want her to be up as much as possible. To be able to do that as many times as possible and churn through the turn meter and keep doing that, right? Because of that, I'd say defense... Health and tenacity mods are probably the biggest help to her. Tenacity to keep debuffs off of her specifically, so she's not taking as much damage. Defense to cut down on the damage that she's been hit with. And most importantly, the biggest one for me is the health, because it's what her all most of her moves are based off of, is her base health pool. Yep. Not potency, or not protection, but her health pool, which is why I would say... If you're doing the arrow, health a health arrow, right? Give her more health to help her abilities. In extreme cases, you don't have a health arrow, crit avoidance. Most people get those with their arrows because they don't ever want to give out the good shit. But <laughs> critical avoidance can be good for her because less damage hitting her, longer she'll stay up. 
Uh, triangle, you want health on there. You don't want the protection one. doesn't really help her abilities because everything's based on her health pool. So putting health on her helps there. Health circle, same deal. And for the cross, I would say health or tenacity. So either one of those will help her to stay up. And another health, one, if you don't have some of those, defense might not be a bad option either. Yes, definitely. Defense on some of those things. That's what if when you get into some of those crappier mods, like I'm sure you're not going to be throwing your best mods on Barris, but I'm sure we all have some defense primary mods that we just have sitting around because we don't want to use them from things. This can be helpful for to her for sure, and a way to use them and not have them sit around. But as far as health, tenacity, and defense secondaries, those are all big ones for her to help keep her alive and debuffing your team. And health and tenacity being the most important things for her, followed by defense and protection. So that would be how I would mod her and throw her into your Jedi team in the tank raid and see what she does because just the very definition of that unique, I think, is a huge help with the amount of stupid debuffs you're getting in that tank raid. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Throw a Jedi Knight Anakin, some Ahsoka, a Barris, you know, your favorite Jedis in there and go to town. Yep, I agree. So, well, we got one last thing we need to mention just because we like to and we like to hear from you guys and hopefully hang out with you guys. But we're looking for a few more spots in the Shattered Order, people that are interested in joining. If you have a pretty good uh, corral, that's the word, corral of characters, (laughs) And you can do some damage. We could use your help on the tank raid. For sure. We are whittling it down faster and faster each time. We're on our third run now. And between the first and the second, we took it down a refresh. And I think we might be on pace to either match our last raid or go down another refresh. But the more people getting in there, slapping it around, the better. So if you're interested in joining Shattered Order... We have a spot for you. Just hit us up on Reddit. I'm Goodnight Punk on there. You're Windkiller Inc. Yep. I'm Nasty on the official forums. Uh, the Twitter, the new Twitter at Shattered Order. That's another good spot. Just hit us up on any of those things and let us know if you want to join. And uh, that'd be cool. Yep. Yeah, um, I was going to tell you, I got a message from a guy that wanted to join. Uh, he said he was a Super heavy hitter, um, with a great roster, very experienced, know what knows what he's doing, and was interested in joining the guild. And I noticed at the bottom it said JMT in the signature, and I started thinking. I was like, "Who is that? Why wouldn't they just put their username or something?" You know who it was? I have a feeling. Freaking Jerry. I mean, Jerry Magma Trooper. Jerry Magma Trooper. He, uh, that guy can't even control himself. He can't. What makes him think he can control a bunch of characters? I I don't understand. He just, I can't figure out what the deal is. He, he's trying, he's desperately trying to get in a guild 
I, I think he wants revenge on this tank or something. I, I don't know what his deal is, but he seemed a little bit crazy. So if he starts trying to get in some of y'all's guilds, be a little bit leery. It, it'll be signed JMT. He's he's pretty proud of his initials, so just watch out for that guy. Yeah, please don't make us take him in the guild. Oh, please put your app in before him. Yeah, yeah. I swear, if I have to add him, I'm not going to be happy. So <laughs> nobody will. <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week. Thank you guys as always for listening. And we'll be back next week with more information and more notes and news and everything else. So you guys have a good week, and we will talk to you then. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the Force be with you.